And we are on. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sports Unhinged. I am Mo and I'm only with Coach today because Yujita is not available. I think he's uh, getting a bit too cocky with his, uh, you know, undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. We'll talk about them in a bit. But yeah, he had a an important commitment, which is more important than this podcast. I can't imagine what that could be. Um, he was told where to go and what to do is what the commitment was. I think so. I think so. See, not, not everybody can tell their Giselle that they won't do what uh, what they're oh, told. Right? So... <laughs> oh, oh. Neither can Tom Brady, by the way. Well, well, he's he's still playing football. I mean, we'll talk about that as well. Yeah, um, but they're on Splitsville. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Rumors are that they hired divorce lawyers. Tom Brady and Giselle, that is, not Eugita. And Mrs. Yujita. So, <laughs> all right, coach, let's start with one thing. Uh, I think w- the main headline that was dominating the news after Thursday night football last week is obviously Tua's injury uh, for the Miami Dolphins, right? And it, interesting discussions, even in our WhatsApp group, we had a back and forth about it. A lot of Twitter doctors out there that are weighing in on um, what's going on. I think. We did mention it in the podcast very briefly uh, in a passing comment last week that in the game against the, the the Bills, he did get rocked. It looked very strange. He wobbled and he should have probably been taken out of the game. They, it was. Well, they, they called it a back injury. He came back, he finished the game. And then right. against the Bengals, a very similar kind of sack fell backwards, hit the back of his head against the ground and he had to be carted off. What? From a coaching perspective here, do you think that the coaches made the right decision? Um, what is your take on the whole situation? Listen, I, I, find it, I find it very interesting that almost every former player has come out really on the side of they've treated him unfairly, they just wanted him back on the field, something has gone wrong, the UNC was terminated or fired. Um, as a coach, I just can't believe coaches would put that kind of person that's worth that kind of money to that organization back out there. Um, Maybe maybe I'm just hopefully thinking that way. I just can't see it, right? I just don't see how that's possible with what we do in today's day and age. But then the more I hear former players say, of course they did. Absolutely they did. I did. They did it to me. They did it to me. They did it to me. I'm not so sure. Um, Are the NFL liable here? Do you think, I mean, because the the Players Association said that they will explore every legal avenue in this particular case. Do you think that the NFL are liable? The Miami Dolphins are liable in this this particular incident? Oh, I definitely think so. I think they're just as liable as when they punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung last year. Right. I think that there is just as much liability there. I hope it comes out they did not. I just hope it does. And I don't put necessarily the blame on the head coach yeah. because at the end of the day, he's a football coach, right? He's, he's not a neuro, um, neuro neurologist. He, he, he only does what the doctor tells him that can happen or cannot. Um, so I, I give him a little bit of a pass, Yeah. but as he said, you know, what I saw when he came back in the game against the bills versus how I saw him when I walked out on the field in the next game on Thursday, they were completely different instances. And I happen to agree with that. Having been a coach, seeing, seeing both on the field, right. um, both a really severe concussion and then maybe just a little bit of a like a shoulder stinger that kind of goes up into your neck. Um, maybe that is a back. I don't know. I've seen both. Um, my goodness, I really hope they haven't. I hope they're not liable. Yeah. There's just too many former players that have come out and pointed the finger. I think they are. It's happening. Promise. I promise. I swear. It happened to me. What was it? Right. Rob Ninkovich on ESPN. Yeah. That's why I retired. Right. Right. Because I could convince, I, I faked my original baseline so that when they asked me when I got a concussion, I could do just enough to get back on the field. Yeah. Okay. And the well, test then, is really well, simple. It's like, you know, telling you what day of the week it is, who's the president of the United States. Can you say the months backward? And then they make an assessment there. So do you think that the, the, the test itself should be re-looked at, made a bit more stringent? Uh, I mean, I don't know. So 
Now, I don't want to be a Twitter doctor. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not a neurologist, but you know, it's kind of like when you've had one too many and the police pull you over and you got to walk the line or right. touch your nose. I mean, really? Yeah. Right? Is that what we're doing to send a multi-million dollar player back out onto the field? No offense intended. Um, I hope not. Right. I, I do think we need to relook at it. I, I'm hopeful that they will. All the things that's coming out in the media is they are. Yeah. And I think the idea you got to protect the game, and I think the NFL is protecting the shield. And right. That's a much different aspect. So um, you've coached in the game. Okay. You've coached in the game, right? Uh, do you think What? that sometimes you need to protect players from themselves because sometimes the players are like, "Oh no, no it's nothing. I want to get back out there." Have you ever been in a situation where you saw a player? They're cleared. They can go back in. But you looked at them and like, okay, something is not right. I need to pull you out of the game. So I myself have not. Um, I've been with a coach who did. Right. Um, we had an issue. I won't tell you the school. I won't even tell you the year because it's too easy to Google and find out right. where I was coaching then. Um, but we did. Um, we had a young man who answered all the right questions. And we had one of our parents was a he wasn't a neurologist, but he was our team doctor. Right. And he did all the right things, asked all the right questions. And when it came time to go out on the field, you know, the coach kind of looked at the kid and was really sending the play in. And he just kind of went and said the kid's name. Yeah, all right. Right. He called up to me and he said, did you watch all that in the play? I said, I didn't, coach. Um, he said, all right, I'm going to hold him out for a second. We'll run this play. We called the play, ran the play. He went to grab him again by the shoulder pad and talk to him. And he just went, there's something a bit off right. here. Yeah. And so I don't know how different that is in professional football because um, I'm only talking about Texas high school football. But, you know, you just get – you got to err on the side of the caution. What is it? I heard 24-year-old to uh, um, would tell – or sorry, 48-year-old would – 44-year-old would tell 24-year-old, you're stupid. What are you doing? Right. Now, this, this is a question because, you know, when I saw that wobble against the Bills the week before, right, the first person that came to my mind was Luke Keekley because Luke Keekley got three quite serious concussions in his career with the Panthers. And the last one, it was quite similar. He went for a tackle, got up, wobbled like that. They took him out. He got a concussion. He decided to retire. Tua now so far in his career has made about $25 million. Should he retire? I mean, if, if, if you look at it from a long term, because... You know, yes, you've got your career, but then your life is a bit more important than your football life, right? So should retirement be a consideration for him? You know, that's that's hard to say, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many concussions he's had in his career or his life um, or his football life. Um, I know that the studies show the more long-term studies that we have, the long-term effects after concussion too. Yeah. Not 10, not 12, two. Right. Right. The long term effects are debilitating. Now, what that means for different bodies and different brains, I don't know. I'm definitely not um, that person. Um, but if now, it was my son, yeah. I don't know. What do we say? Boy, I don't Boy, know. Boy, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before I move on from this topic, the last question that I had is you know, historically, You know, football has always been a big man sport, right? You need to have a certain kind of build and stature to play the game, especially even at the quarterback position. If you look at anybody like Aaron Rodgers, six foot two, you know, they, they're not necessarily, you know, the tallest or the biggest, but they're quite stocky. They can take the punishment. I think since Russell Wilson came into the league, he kind of changed the perception of the quarterback. And now you're getting a lot smaller quarterbacks being drafted and doing well, and they're very mobile. But they'll admit that, you know, they can't see over the line a lot of the time. You get Kyler Murray, who admitted in a press conference that, you know, sometimes he has trouble seeing over the line. You've got Tua. Um, you, you've got a lot of new quarterbacks that are being considered that are of that size. They, can they can't take the punishment as well as somebody like a big Ben Roethlisberger or a, a Peyton Manning or even a Tom Brady, right? So do you think this hurts small QBs? trying to get into the NFL in the future when we see those kind of cases? Because Kyler uh, Murray's gotten some serious so. injuries, no? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, anytime, uh, no matter how big you are, the defensive lineman's always bigger than you. Yeah. And so it's always going to happen. What happened to Tua where he got his head slammed against the um, turf, 
had nothing to do with size or looking over the line of scrimmage. Um, who was it? Brait for Tampa Bay got a really bad one, and he ran into his own man, or his own man ran right. into him. Right. Right. And so it's the nature of the game. It happens. Does size matter? Not necessarily. You know, I, I don't think it's going to prohibit or limit those that want to come in at those smaller stature things, like like um, Allen with right. Buffalo. Yeah, like he's he's six foot six, two forty, and he's had a concussion because he got his head slammed two years ago. I think his rookie yes. year. So yeah, yeah, it happens. Yeah. Now Aaron uh, Donald's bigger than a lot of people. Yeah. Oh yeah, Aaron. <laughs> he he'll concuss anybody really in the league. Yeah. So, um, now the backup quarterback for Miami is is Teddy Bridgewater, uh, and and he's been moving around for a while. Obviously, you love Teddy. Yeah. So, I, do you think we get a bit of a Cooper Rush situation here, where Teddy kind of surprises everybody and and keeps this kind of run that the Miami Dolphins are on uh, going until Tua's return? As a quarterback, I think he is very good at protecting the ball. Yeah. Right. As Cooper Rush has been. Now, it depends on how the offense coordinator and they gear the offense around him. Um, Tua is not going to play this week, obviously, and maybe not even next week. So I think in the two games that they have, probably, um, you know, even if you if you throw, goodness, a, a, a two-yard behind the line of scrimmage screen to Hill, he can take it 90. Right. Yep. Same with Waddle. He can take it 90. Um, what did we see in the San Francisco game? Just a little bitty dink off that was a little bit high and off. Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. Yeah. And that's Jimmy G. Right. Yeah. So he gets those 83 yards that I think he are 63 yards when his pass was eight in the air, yeah. 12 in the air. So um, I think Teddy B does a good job. Uh, two gloves, Teddy, they call it. Right. I think he does a good job protecting the ball. I think they will be a much more conservative offense. Um, I can definitely see if you're a fantasy player, Jacecki's numbers going through the roof, and yep. then they're running back both of them, um, having really high numbers. All right. Okay. Now moving on to the next topic, and I'm glad Yujita's not here for this because we're going to talk a little bit about his Eagles, the last standing undefeated team in the in the NFL. Um, five and a half favorites against the Cardinals right now. Four and zero. Oh, they've beaten the Lions, the Vikings. The Washington Commanders, the Jaguars. Are you sold on the Eagles, or has it just been an easy schedule going? I mean, so far, because you know they've got Arizona coming up, Dallas. They go on a bye week. They come back play Pittsburgh and the Texans. So technically, you know, the Dallas game is probably the most challenging one, but they could be seven, eight, undefeated. and zero. Oh. Yeah, I mean, undefeated yeah. for a while now. So do you buy into it or is it the schedule? <laughs> it's it's hard to say, right? The schedule has definitely been their friend this year. Yeah. Um, I'll even ask you in a second, but my comment is they took it on the chin and got down 0-14 or 14-0. Yep. Yeah, and from one of the surprise teams who plays really good defense and they just kept muddling along, no kidding, in the rain and the muck and the nasty. And listen, Hertz did a good job. The play calling was very good. He used all of his weapons, not just one, um, and they just made their way down the field, scored. Made their way down right. the field, scored. Made their way down the field, field goal halftime, and then they just kept going, kept going. I think one of the stats I popped in a few, maybe it was yesterday, 73 or 74% of their points for the year has been in the second quarter. Wow. Right? Okay. And so if you think about that particular game, yes, right. they dominated the second quarter. So I might even ask you, in your opinion, are you sold on them undefeated? Because they have played decent teams. Yeah. Um, I think the schedule is their friend. What is your opinion? Because Hertz has some good has some good weapons. Yeah. 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 That defense has played good too. Yeah, What's see, your opinion? I, I think the Lions are a really good team offensively, and but they're very terrible in the defense. So that was a very good offensive kind of shootout with the Lions. Um, the Vikings are also a decent team. I don't put a lot of kind of uh, credit on or weight on on Kirk Cousins' ability to 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 move the the ball very well. Washington is is just a bad team, I think. But the Jaguars, I think the Jaguars are a top ten team in the NFL right now. So that win, especially coming from fourteen points behind and 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 getting the win, we have to give credit to the Eagles. Now, 
Yeah. The way that I see it, they've got a great defensive front, good pass rush. On the offensive side, they run the ball really well, play action uh, really well. I think A.J. Brown has opened up the playbook for them where they're able to explore a lot more options that they were able in, to do in, in previous years. Um, Jalen Hurts looks a lot more confident every game. Uh, there seems to be good chemistry uh, amongst the team. Sirianni, I think, is doing a great job. Um you know, his first press conference was an absolute disaster. And we thought that, you know, this is not going to go really well. But I think he's putting together a very serious Growing team. trees or vegetables or something. I can't remember exactly, but now, something like that. I, wa I want to say this. If it's true, then it's true. If it's not, then at least I try to jinx Ujita's Eagles. But I think they're the best team in the NFL right now. I would actually go that far. I can't argue with anyone that would be better than them. Yeah. So, so cool. I, I think we'll find out a lot against Dallas. Yes. Yeah, I, I think Dallas will get after the quarterback now. Um, they give up a, a few points here, a few points there. They play a conservative on offense with Cooper Rush, but they will get after you, those front four, front five, front six. Um, and I think Dan Quinn is doing a good job in disguising coverages. Yeah. He he will we'll find out. Um I think if they get past that one, that maybe that proves their worth. Right. Um, right. We'll find out. We'll see. And imagine if Dallas wins. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Ujita cannot skip that podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, uh, my. Now, staying in the NFC, Coach, I want to move over to the NFC West because that's becoming kind of the, as they say in soccer, the group of death, right? Uh, we've got all the teams at two and two, the Rams, the 49ers, the Seahawks. Uh, I mean, it's just... It's the Cardinals. Everybody is at two and two. But I want to focus in on the Rams here because I think that, you know, in my opinion, they're in big trouble. And I don't want to sound the alarm just yet, but I could actually say I want to watch a couple more weeks, but I could go out and make a statement in the next couple of weeks that I think the Rams might not make, make it to the playoffs. Um, what they is your take? The they can't run the ball. But see, um, they've never been able to run the ball. But the way that I see it is that even their offense, they Van Jefferson is is injured. Yeah. Allen Robertson, uh, uh, Robinson, who they brought in for a three-year uh, deal, is simply unable to get open. Right. Uh, they drafted some guy a couple of years ago, Tutu Atwell, who's pretty much a bust. So yeah. if you think about it, their offense right now, they don't have the run game. Their offense is just two people. The, Cooper you've got Cup Cooper Cup and, yeah, Cooper Cup and the tight end Tyler Higby. That's pretty much yeah. it. Van Jefferson is injured. OBJ is gone. Cup, Cup got nineteen targets in the game the other night. Nineteen yeah. targets. I mean, it's it's almost like the defense knows where the ball is going every single time. So uh, does I the think potential? They do. Yeah, you could blame Stafford. You can blame McVeigh. But should the attention go right now to the GM to let's need because you know they're up against the cap. Um, Von Miller has, has, has left the team. Andrew Whitworth has retired. And all of a sudden, from a Super Bowl winning team, they have the worst sack differential in the league. They're number 32. So, I mean, with all of that, should we be looking at the, at the general manager here? Did they gamble everything on that year to win the Super Bowl and now we're expecting mediocrity? And the answer is yes, they did. Yes, they, they definitely gambled everything and they did win. Um, I think the biggest person that you not just the biggest but the biggest issue you talked about is that left tackle right right and, and that that's that anchor on that offensive line um i read where he's the fifth most pressured quarterback in the nfl in the first four games where last year he was 31st at this point so right. that makes a huge difference um i also believe that Everyone knows that Cup is the first um, look in every play. He's not the second or the third. He's not the bailout. And I really think that although they, they were never a high-rushing team, they could run the ball at times when they needed to. Um, they could roast, throw some tight screens at times. None of their running backs are good screen running backs. Akers, it's just like right. he doesn't have an, or understand the timing of a screen. Right. Um, Cy and I watched their game – the replay of the Niners game, it, it was just off. Um, and I don't know who that's on. I, I, I think sometimes it's the offensive line 
And then I'm like you. Some of these guys, maybe they don't understand the route tree and just can't get open, and the defense knows the route tree maybe better than the offense at times. Right, right. So um, in your opinion, what are you thinking about the Rams? Because um, like I told you last week, I like me some Jimmy G. Absolutely. If you look at that game against San Francisco and you just look at the box score, right? The Rams had twice as many first downs as San, uh, uh, than San Francisco, right? Um, they had 25 more plays. They dominated the time of possession. But the different, the stat that caught my, my, my attention was the yards per play. So the yards per play for the Rams was three and a half yards. And yep. for, for San Francisco, it was almost seven. And yes. it goes back to the previous point that you made. You have a quarterback in, in Jimmy Garoppolo who, you know, when, when you look at seven yards per play, it wasn't him flinging the ball downfield. It was like you said, those dinking dunks to Debo Samuel. He knows wh what he has. He just gets them open, throws the ball, and then he lets them do the work. So they're able to kind of, in a dirty and rugged way, kind of pound that defense and get their way down the field and, 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 and score the point. So, and when you look on the defensive side, San Francisco and Dallas and the only two teams in the NFL that have not given up more than 20 points. Big and, defensive players. So when you have that, you have a, and, and I, you know, I, I listened to, to um, uh, Colin Cowherd in, in one of his shows, and I don't agree much with that guy at all. But one thing that he said that resonated with me, he's like, Jimmy Garoppolo is like one of these things, you know, that are only important to San Francisco. It's like, you know, a gift that you get from your grandmother. Uh, it's not really important to anybody else, but it has a, a, a meaning to you. Um, and he compared Jimmy Garoppolo and the other person in San Francisco that has the same kind of effect as Draymond Green in, in, in the NBA for the Golden State oh, Warriors, right? Good like, yeah. So and, and I remembered as well at one point Cam Newton, right? Carolina loved Cam Newton. Even when he was playing bad, they still liked him, right? Um, anywhere else, nobody would really appreciate Cam Newton, but Carolina did for some reason. So it's one of those things. And I think it really works for San Francisco. And I would not be surprised if they keep playing this way. That could be enough for them to make a run down the playoffs. And probably, I don't know, maybe they might have a go at the Super Bowl. The year they reached the Super Bowl um, a few years ago, it was that kind of play. They kind of stumbled their way across and, and found their way. But you play just as good enough to win, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, everybody's at two and two. If you had to pick who are your favorites to, to get to the, to the playoffs from that. Like I said, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jimmy G. Um, I, I really want him to succeed because he was such a professional through that whole thing. You didn't hear him in the media. You didn't yep. see him on social media. He just did his thing. He let San Francisco do their thing. What a professional. Similar to how Alex Smith was in Kansas City with right. Mahomes. So I'm rooting for him. I wouldn't mind. I'm not a San Francisco fan. Um, one, I'm married to a Dallas Cowboy fan, so you right. can't laugh that in the house. But I want him to succeed. And so I I haven't looked at the schedules. I'm just going on gut feeling. As long as they stay healthy, I think they might be the team to beat coming out of there. Um, but I see a lot of parity. I, I definitely don't think it's Arizona. Yeah. Um, I don't feel good about Seattle at all. But um, Seattle, I, I mean, you've had Geno Smith move up the QB power rankings to the top 10 over the last two or three weeks. I mean, I think you yeah, had and we're going to talk about that in just a second when we talk about the Carolina passing efficiency. Oh, of their quarterback. Yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah. to that in just a second. But um, I, I do think Seattle's not bad. They're not good. But their defense is getting after the ball. They're going after it. I think there's, they're somehow figuring out a, a good pass rush over the last two games at least, I feel. Uh, I think they're we not... need to see more, watch the space, but they could be a threat as well out of nowhere. Maybe. I mean, yeah. if, if, if I said to you, and, and it really comes down to the NFL, which quarterback do you trust? Right. Yeah. I mean, are we, are we trusting Tyler Murray? Probably yeah. not. No. Geno Smith is a maybe. Yeah. Stafford, not necessarily now because when you when you only target Cup um, at 19 times and Higby, I think, was 14, yeah. everybody knows where the ball's going. Jimmy G's done a good job spreading it around even when he came in off the bench cold. So yeah. maybe I'm just rooting for him too much. But I don't – I think they're the ones that come out of that division um, by the time the 17th game is played. All right. 
Uh, moving over to the AFC now, we have Pittsburgh Steelers. They finally decided to bench Mitch Trubisky because that was just a terrible run that he has had. I think we always said that, you know, under Chicago, it wasn't the ideal organization that he was in. It was a bad coach. Uh, he would do better in another team. He was a backup in the Bills for a little while. Now he gets his chance under Tomlin, blows it. They bring in George Pickens. First throw. He blows it. <laughs> first throw was a pick it was three picks but he did show some signs there they lose to the jets what are your thoughts on pittsburgh uh where are we right now with pittsburgh we, josiah and i've watched quite a bit of film on the pittsburgh games i don't know why it's yeah. like when i pop on youtube for the all 22 they come up first right uh, maybe just their sports information guy is the number one guy who puts their stuff up but I've seen Trubisky really, really struggle at the too high but cover three under. Yeah. Um, and what that means is you have the thirds under with one, two highs. That means your linebackers are in coverage. Right. And it's like he just can't see the field when defenses do that in passing downs. And unfortunately for him, they haven't ran the ball well enough to do play action where defenses don't do that, where right. they have to keep the linebackers in or close. And it's hurt them, and they've really struggled with it. So I pin a little bit of that on the running of the running game. Um, and you think, man, they're running back. He's good, but their offensive line has really struggled, both in protection, right? Because he has been rushed as well. I mean, he he's been not great under pressure, and they've pressured him quite a bit. But he's just not seeing the field. He never saw it in Chicago either. Um, he just. I don't know what it is. Some quarterbacks can see it. Some can't. Right. At the moment, he's struggling. He cannot. Um, and listen, the kid, give the kid credit. He threw a pick. Right. And then he played decent. Not great. Right. He played decent. I, I'm anxious to see how he looks this week after taking all the practice snaps with the first team and what that looks like with those. I know enough about him in college and university because he played against my college and university. He's a player, man. When the lights come on, he's ready to go. Right, right. And I, I feel with Pittsburgh, they've always trying to protect a certain record, right? Some records that don't really mean much when you look at them in the bigger picture. But one of these records that always stands out is Tomlin never having a losing season. But, you know, they've, always, they've never had a losing season under Tomlin. But again, how many Super Bowls have they won? How many playoff runs have they, uh, have they had, right? Uh, do you think that Tomlin is doing that as well, just trying to just do enough to break 500? Uh, you look at, for example, New England. Um, they've got a losing record. They've had losing records in the in the last few years, especially after Tom Brady has left. But they've still won enough Super Bowls. And if you go to Bill Belichick and ask him, would you trade, you know, your your Super Bowls for a f over 500 records, he'll say no way. Um, so what do you do now with George Pickens? Because you can't really find out whether he is your future quarterback unless you let him play 10, 12 games. And even if he loses, I don't know, nine of them, at least he gets that experience under his belt and he's ready to come in the next season. So from a quarterback development point of view, do you think they stick with Pickens going forward or do they try to find another veteran quarterback that can protect that Tomlin record? You play to win the game. And at the moment, the kid has gives them a better chance to win the game. So they shouldn't look for another quarterback. I, I didn't say that. Okay. I said you play to win the game and what they have currently. Um, I think we'll know within the next five to six weeks. Um, Pittsburgh does not run Off a wreck. complicated offense. So there's yeah. not a playbook he has to learn. You know, like Dallas has a huge offensive playbook in the way they run it with Dak and um, even um, the Chargers have a huge offensive playbook. With Herbert, yeah. Um, the Rams have a huge offensive playbook. Pittsburgh does not. So it's not like he has to come in and learn and learn and learn. He can succeed on the fly within the next two, three, four, five weeks. We'll find out. Um, tough schedule, though. They've got the Bills. Oh, man. The they Bills. have a tough one the last five games, don't yeah. they? The Ho home games. to the Bills, away to Tampa Bay, home to Miami, home to the Eagles. I mean, these are just the four They're next four games. Trouble. Yeah. But at the end of the day, throw him, let's find out. 
Baptism yeah. by fire, right. Uh, back in the day, they would just, if you need to learn how to swim, they just throw you in your river and hope you came up swimming. Yeah. <laughs> now, looking so at the Hold age, on. Yeah. Now, before you jump, we've right. got a tour on quarterbacks. Yes. Let's go ahead. Carolina quarterback, Baker Mayfield. You're the man, the legend. Number one in your playbooks, number one in your heart. Right. Passing efficiency, I think. Is yeah, what so there, there's a graphic here that we'll put up which shows, you know, the, the efficiency of, of, of the quarterbacks. And you can see where Baker Mayfield is. He's all the way at the bottom of that graph with uh, Justin Fields. At the top, you've got uh, Geno Smith, and then everybody kind of sits in the middle. Um, I, I think with Carolina, it's just there is there's no other way now. Uh, Matt Rule has to go. I said that, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, if they lose one of the next three games, which was, you know, the last two games plus San Francisco, that they're out, right? They lost to Arizona. and It was just a terrible game. Um, Baker Mayfield doesn't seem to have the confidence. The play he calling, doesn't. it's absolutely terrible. The defense is good. That's, I mean, that's the heartbreaking part, you know? It keeps they, them in the games. Defense is doing its best to keep them in the games. The offense absolutely has nothing. And, you know, a lot of people you know, jump to the defense of OBJ and Odell Beckham in, in, in when he was with the Browns saying, that, you know, it was Baker Mayfield that ruined his his career. Um, and they blamed Baker Mayfield for it. And he went to the Rams and won a Super Bowl and looked really great. Uh, there was a few people that stood on the Baker Mayfield side. Yeah. And they said, you know, OBJ is this flamboyant kind of character. He's not a team player, etc. Now you come to Carolina. You've got a really, really good wide receiver in DJ Moore. Yep. He's not getting any looks. He is actually getting separation. And you can see a lot of plays where he's got one, two-yard separation even from, from, from the defense. He's not getting the ball. And that tells me two things. Either the play calling in terms of who's the primary route, who's the first look, who's the second look is not correct, or that Baker is just not able to see the field. There's something wrong. Yeah, or he skips the one and goes to the two. There are quarterbacks that do that. Why? They never even I don't think understand. about looking at the one. They're they're called receiver killers. And I, and there was an interview with DJ Moore when he was like, guys, I mean, separation could be half a yard, could be one yard. A quarterback should know. And when you know kind of the the uh, the the character of the uh, or, or if you know your receiver and what he's able to do, then you should take that chance and throw him the ball. So for me, I think it's it's. It's time for Matt Rule to leave. I would rather have that happen in the in the middle of the season, um, and for us to find a way to to rebuild and use the rest of the season to try and find a way to to, to kind of save this team because uh, I don't know, it's just not working. Do you do you feel that he could get fired in season? I hope he gets fired now. I, I know mean, what you hope. I'm, yeah. I'm asking you to predict because I don't know your owner that well. I don't know him. Do no one does. Is he's a first-time owner? Do you think he would fire him mid-season? I'm I'm not sure. See, if you look at David Tepper, he's a businessman and he's known for being a ruthless one. But the and problem that's a is a lot of money on that guy's contract, man. Sixty million, I think, or seventy million for six years. So he has to pay him. It's all guaranteed, right? Year three, yeah. Yeah, but it's 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 like. When you as a board member in a company and you pick your CEO, I think if you know the story of Matt Rule, David Tepper turned out of nowhere outside his house and asked him to come and coach this team. So it's his selection. Nobody recommended Matt Rule to him. He's the one who went after him. So I think there's an element of him wanting to save face and give it a chance so that if he says, okay, we had, you know, and you know, Matt Rule, even during Temple days, he, Two terrible years, and he's always a year three guy. You mentioned that a few podcasts ago. So yeah. he was hoping, I think he's putting all his eggs in the basket on this year's basket, saying that this is the year where we turn things around. McCaffrey's healthy. We've got a good receiver core. The defense is great. But for sure, I think if we don't at least get a 500 record, which at the moment looks very, very unlikely, um, he gets fired at the end of the year at the latest. I hope it, it's, it's a bit sooner. Because it's time. I would bring in a Sean Payton or somebody who knows football at the if NFL. He loses, if he loses two out of the next three or two out of the next four, I think he's gone. I hope so. Don't want to root against my team, but for the long future, you know, I think That's it's a for shame. the best. Sean Payton, baby.
It's the Sean Payton sweepstakes. It's the Sean Payton sweepstakes. He's, he's doing well as a TV analyst. I'm enjoying his uh, his takes. He's, I didn't think that he had that kind of charisma. So uh, listening to him on, on Fox Sports has, has been yeah, quite refreshing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, we've talked about the worst. Let's go back to the best. Uh, top see. of the AFC, the Chiefs and the Bills continue to kind of... And I think the Bills have had a lot more difficult games. Um the Bills just beat Baltimore 23-20. to The Chiefs, an amazing game against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. 41 points dropped against that Tampa defense. Um, who's number one in the AFC, in your opinion? Is it still the Bills? or I know you're a big fan of uh, Patrick Mahomes and his abilities to see the I field. I love and, yeah. watching him play football. Right. I absolutely love watching him play football. I do. Right, it's like you're you're in the backyard when you're sixth in sixth grade with all your buddies and your pals, right? Yeah. And we're drawing it up and we're throwing it stupid sometimes. Yes. Um, if I if I said fast forward AFC Championship game Bills Chiefs, I can't pick against the Bills. I think wow. they have more more of a complete team. Right. Doesn't mean I don't love watching Mahomes play football. I just think they have a more complete team. They can run it, it seems, when they need to. They throw a pretty good screen game when they need to. Um, it's almost like Allen wills a first down when he needs to. Um, the defense, it seems, always comes up when a stop when they need to. And they've played some really good teams. Um, and to be honest, a few turnovers and a smarter timeout set, and they probably are still undefeated. But do you think that they've played such difficult games so far this season that by the time they get to the postseason, they're too beat up? Because these are very difficult and grueling Yeah, but if uh, you games. look at the schedule, not this week, but after this week, they get about five in a row that are easier. Right. Right? And so maybe that's where they can get – that's where maybe they start calling um, some rest time for the defensive line. I think Ed Oliver's due to come back. They maybe get um, – um, Von Miller, some rest, as they say. We call it now a pitch count. Um, I can see some of that happening. What an addition Von Miller is to that Everybody plays a 17-game season, man. Everybody plays 17 games. Everybody gets beat up. Right. Um, at the end of the day, who do you trust? I love watching Mahomes, but I trust Allen. Yeah, I mean, Kansas is like the happy-go-lucky team, you know, and they just go for it and – you know the underarm, you know passes and all of that. I mean, it's 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 quite it's quite quite entertaining. But going back to their games against Tampa Bay, you shared a couple of stats on the Tampa side in terms of running the ball. Oh. Very strange. I mean, I don't know if it was Tom Brady that said, "Okay, I'm only passing this game. This is the way that I get all my frustration and anger out. No running plays." Uh, how many times did they run the, the 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 ball in that game? It was so. So the stat that I gave is against Kansas City last week. They only ran the ball six times, which wow. is the second lowest in NFL history. Um, and then the question was, well, who has the lowest? Right. Well, that would be 2020 against the New Orleans Saints. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Wow. They ran it five times. So and and Tom Brady was on the team. So. It just makes you wonder. I think they were the Super Bowl year when they won was when they could run the ball when they needed to, right. not run it, you know, not run it twenty four seven, but they could line up when they needed to and get three yards, four yards, grind it out. What do we call that? The four minute drill, you know, where you could run four minutes off the clock by dink, dunk, run, run, outside, inside, counter tray. They just don't do that right now. Right. Uh, and I don't know why, because um, everybody's healthy. The offensive line is back healthy. Fournette's healthy. They just maybe they got behind quick and early and just decided, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it, we won't speak about the tabloid news of Tom Brady and his uh, and his situation, but it, it, it's safe to say that this guy loves the game of football. I mean, to sacrifice that for. For for the game, I mean, it's that, <laughs> that. sacrifice that <laughs> to play football, right? I, mean, I don't. I, I know what that is, and okay, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. You um, gotta really love you some football to sacrifice that. I know, I know. Uh, 
Now, I want to talk a bit about the Detroit Lions very quickly because they're one and three, but they're number one in the NFL when it comes to scoring. They're What's number their yeah, they're number 32 in scoring 32. defense. Yeah. To remind me how many teams are in the NFL? 32. There you go. I mean, it's a shame because this is a team that's been waiting for the chance to really come out of that. The, the, them, the Jets, the Jaguars have been the joke of the NFL for the longest time, right? And now they have an offense that's actually dropping these points, 40-something, you know, 30-something. They're number one by far, right? But yeah. the defense is just letting them down. I mean, is it the secondary? Is it the linebacker core? Where do you see the weakness there? It, it depends week to week, doesn't it? Right. Right, you know, um, the game they lost two weeks ago, they couldn't stop the run in the last four minutes of the game, right? Just Six run out yards, of gas, yeah. Yards, 15 yards, 12 yards, three yards. Um, this past week, they couldn't stop the pass. Yeah. Right? They were just back and forth, pass, pass, pass. So, um, I, but you still root for them a little bit, don't you? You do, you do. Especially after yeah. watching Hard Knocks, you get a, like a soft spot for them, yeah. So that, that head coach is from my university. Thank you very much. Wow, and okay. so is the defensive coordinator. Don't worry, Aaron Glenn, you'll be fine. Um, both of them are from my university. So you want them to figure it out. You want yeah. them to be successful. Um, we're biting off kneecaps. We're doing everything we can right. to win. Um, I, I I like them. You yeah. know, I, I, They're entertaining. Hard, you just root for them. Eventually, they'll, they'll, kick it, they'll kick it over. They'll kick the door open. They'll win two or three in a row, and then who knows? Um, they definitely can I also got the pieces, say, yeah. can, I, can I say just quickly, and then I'll let you make your point. Sure. Um, how about Jared Goff? How about the offensive coordinator really setting him up for success? Absolutely. And getting some what, – what, what he's good at, right? So he's good at that 10 to 12 to 15-yard out outside the hashes, not inside the hashes right. because it requires a second or third read – but that one here, quick throw, he can make that 20 to 25-yard throw every single time. So, And they've got the running the game. They've got the running game to support that. that. Yeah, absolutely. You've got Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, that can also open up the playbook with the running game as well. So the, yeah. that was the point I was going to make. They're playing to his strengths, and it's, it's, it's not looking so bad. He's doing better than uh, Matthew Stafford uh, in terms of performance, QB performance. Uh, but let's see. Let's see how it goes. I see them winning this week. We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, now, we're technically supposed to have the pick six segment right now. But having said that, we won't play the game this week because Yujita's not here. But nevertheless, we're going to review three games. We'll look at the spreads. We'll talk about them, give our picks, and we'll take it forward till next week. So, Coach, take us away with the first game, the Giants at the Packers. What are so the odds? Yeah, we're going back to London with the surprise 3-1 New York Giants against the shocking 3-1 Green Bay Packers. Green Bay minus 8.5 and, and 41.5 or 41.5 over under. What do you over. think there, Mr. Mohammed? Well, the, well, I have a question here for, with regards to the Packers, right? Because Aaron Rodgers is a one once in a generation kind of talent, right? Yet he has the same number of Super Bowls as Joe Flacco. Yep. He doesn't have an owner that he can go back to and say, This is what I want, this is what I need. Nope. Should the Packers go for Odell Beckham? I think it's about that's time the, that he gets an elite call, right? wide receiver, that's, right? That's the conversation that's going on at the moment, right? That's where all the rumor mills are. That's what all the sports channels are talking about. I don't think it hurts them. Um, I don't know how long it takes because he's a – Rodgers is a quirky guy, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know how long it takes to build that trust with your quarterback. I think it would probably happen faster with anyone in the NFL, maybe even Baker Mayfield, mm -hmm. than Aaron Rodgers. Right. So right. – now, by Maybe. the end of the day, he's got a couple of rookies right now. You know, you get someone like Odell, you don't need to teach him how to run the routes. You don't need to, you know, he already knows how to do that. So you can probably get a few plays in the playbook that you can agree with Odell Beckham and, and they could get started. I don't know. We'll it's, see. it's just a thought. Um, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I, I'd like to see him with one more elite receiver. Yeah. Um, and just find out how good he really can be because I watched – a lot of the game of the Pats against him against the Patriots, he was putting balls in places 
you yeah the throws I mean, that he was making it was unreal the threading small the needle window, literally the size of this computer screen that i'm looking at where no one can catch it but his guy now they dropped a few yeah but he's pretty elite man he's so good sometimes well i've got the packers uh giving us a good show in london 17 to 30 giants 17 30. packers 30 ah, uh, so i'm going uh -huh. for the packers and the over but i would love to see what the odds are for another double doink in london this week that would be a good uh, <laughs> prop bet to uh, i'll to have bet to at. look that up as a prop bet <laughs> i had a good prop bet um in the new orleans game so yeah we'll see if, what that is what are your um, thoughts on i the like score? i like green bay big here yeah um i think um new, the giants are smoking mirrors uh i like it to be under Okay. Um, just because I don't think the Giants have it in them. So I'll, I'll go the Packers to cover the eight and a half and under 41 and a half. All right. Now, the second game is Detroit Lions at New England, at the New England Patriots. New England surprised us last week against Green Bay. It was a minus 10 spread and they came within three points. Uh, what are your thoughts here, coach? Uh, what are the odds first? Let's, let's, well, get first the odds. we've got New England minus three surprisingly high over under at 45 and a half okay i'm sure that has a little to do with detroit um myself personally since we're not picking them so i don't pick last this time yeah um i just don't see new england being very good this year um i don't think their quarterback's going to play this week the the defense although they played what looked like well against green bay it was the quarterback, then the backup quarterback got injured, and now they're on the third string quarterback. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember his name. It starts with a Z. With a Z, yeah. yeah. Zip his yeah, ass. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I, I don't I don't if it's a scoring contest and it's yeah. over, then they can't beat Detroit. Um man, it just it's hard to bet against Bill Belichick, isn't it? Um yeah. so uh, I, I'm gonna go with Detroit. I just like Detroit. I want them to win, and I will go in a scoring contest because I picked Detroit. So I'll take Detroit to cover the three and over. I've got Detroit winning 24 to 10. So I've got Detroit oh, and the under. under. Yeah. So okay. I've, I've got, you know, quarterback for New England, not able to, to to get things going. And Detroit don't go to the 30 and 40 like every time, but they do what's required to, to win with 24 points. All right. The last one is oh, Tennessee Titans. And the Washington Commanders. Why on earth would you pick that game, Coach? I mean, <laughs> so I have to be honest. The only reason I put it on the schedule for the pick six this week was the outrageous statistic of Tennessee. All right, they have only scored seven points in the second half combined in the four games this season. Not per That's game. Combined. Combined. Wow. Seven total points in the second half all season. Unbelievable. All right. What are the odds? So I thought, hey, you know what? They're playing the Commanders. They can't score in the second half. Let's throw it up here. We've got Tennessee minus two and a half over under 42 and a half. 42. Tell me your thoughts, Mr. Muhammad. I'm a bit sad for Ron Rivera. I think he's a really good coach. We loved him at Carolina. Uh He's supposedly a good, a really good defensive coach. I mean, we had that elite defense with Luke Keekley and, you know, took us, you know, really far in, in, in the playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, and I'm, it's been saddening to see what, what was happening to, to uh, Washington. And I think the main reason for the troubles in Washington, I think, start from the ownership. You know, it, it starts from the, from the top down. Um, the Titans, I don't think, are a very good team. Their second half performance, like you just said, are terrible. I'm going for a very close game between the two. I've got the Titans 17, the Commanders 19. I got the Commanders edging a, a win. So the Commanders cover. Well, they win, they get... but they they win and they cover. Very good. Yeah, they and win and they under. cover and they get the under. Yeah, we get the under. <clears throat> in the game. Yeah, I'm going to go Tennessee big in this one. The Commanders cannot stop the run. And the about the only thing that Tennessee can do is... They can, Derrick Henry can run. Can run the ball. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. When they make a decision for him to run and not try to do silly stuff and run crosses and five wide, I don't know why they run five wide when you have Derrick Henry, um, but running five wide, um, zero backfield or 5 0 as they call it. Um, when they decide to run it, 
I think they win the game pretty easy. So I'll take the Titans in this one and under because okay. I don't think either of them are good enough to score over 42 and a half together. You can tell that my pick is uh, it's, it's, it's not with my head. It's more with my heart. This week. So <laughs> yeah, it's, fair uh... <laughs> enough. I like the remote, Ron. I always have, always will. All right. We've got Chicago at Minnesota as well. Let's quickly talk about that. Um, what have we got for Chicago? What are the odds there? Yeah, Chicago, Minnesota, the Vikings, minus 744 on the total. Um, I just don't think Chicago's figured it out on offense yet. Yeah. Um, I want them to be successful. I kind of like the kid. Um, I just think they're not there. I think even the coach has come out and said, our quarterback's not there yet, but when he gets more comfortable in the pocket, we'll start to win more games or something like that. So, um, I'm going to go Minnesota. Can you believe I'm putting my eggs in the Kirk Cousins basket? Um, He's a 500 go quarterback. Here. Yeah. Oh, oh. In his career. Oh. He's a 500 quarterback. I think it's 62-62 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and he's made $94 million. So, hey. Not bad. Do we, not do bad. we measure wins? Do we measure money? What Mediocrity pays what sometimes. Yeah. So, what, what's the score that you've got? Um, so, I've got Vikings minus 744. I'm going to pick the Vikings to cover. Yeah, um, and I'm gonna go under in this one. I've got Chicago 24, Minnesota 34. So I've got a Minnesota Ooh, to cover and the over. I, I, and I think it will be a turning point for Justin Fields. It will be a loss, but at least they'll figure some stuff out in this game. Again, you, an emotional pick. Hold on, hold hold on. Do you really believe the Chicago Bears can score 24 points in the game? See, I'm downgrading a little. A couple of weeks ago, I predicted that they'll score 37 points and they didn't even get close. So I'm downgrading to 24. Maybe I next week I I'll pick 18. I that question at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so maybe next week I'll downgrade it down to 18 or, or, or 16. Anyways, yeah. great job, Coach. All right, good uh, this job. has been a nice chat. Uh, hopefully we'll have Ujita back next week. This has been Sports Unhinged for everybody watching. Make sure you comment, subscribe, share uh and like those are the four right and yeah. we'll see you guys next week thanks coach thank you very much good job enjoyed yeah. it see you very Bye -bye. soon